Welcome to Saving You is Killing Me, Loving Someone with an Addiction podcast. Loving someone with an addiction is a life of chaos. This podcast is to help you take back your power and build strength, hope, and restore peace in your life. We use the science and art of positive psychology, professionals in their field, along with personal stories of hope, resilience, and strength. We hope you can discover how the courage to focus on you can help put your life back together. When you are in a place of exhaustion, hopelessness, and emptiness, we are a community that knows all too well the turmoil that comes from loving someone with an addiction. We are here to help you compassionately struggle well. Hey there, Andrea here. I'm so excited because I have such an awesome guest on the show. Uh, she is a personal development and relationship coach, and she actually specializes in positive psychology. And as you know, that is so near and dear to my heart because that is also my training and, and my practice as well. So I'm so excited to welcome Claudia Aronovitz on the show. Thank you so much for being here, Claudia. Thank you for, so much for having me. It's such a pleasure to be here with you. Uh, so I would love just, you know, give us a little introduction about yourself, you know, tell us a little bit about you. So I actually was born in Mexico, moved to Israel. I'm in Canada now, and I've been doing coaching um, for the past eight years. But it actually came after I was diagnosed with cancer and I needed a change in my life. And I love coaching because it really helps people to change the relationship with themselves. And then I specialize in then how do you communicate and the change the relationship that you have with others? And I think there's so much in our control of the things that we can do that that's my passion, helping others to get there and create the life they want. Oh my gosh, that's so wonderful. And, and what a way to turn, you know, some pain into purpose. And, you know, I always believe in never putting struggle to waste. So I love that you've created and birthed a whole career, you know, out of potential struggle. And um, let's face it, you know, life isn't just sunshine and butterflies all the time. And um, that sometimes we may be struggling and we may be, you know, in challenge and in the muck of challenge. Um, so I just, I love that you, you help people through that and you help people you know, with that humanity of, you know, the, the permission to be human, because you know what, we're not exempt from challenge. So um, we are going to talk all about that today. But I, I know your passion is, is it all about connection and reaching out and that we can't do life alone. And I love that. Um, so let's let's expand on that. Can you tell us a little bit more about that concept of not doing life alone? You know what, uh, you know, um, when I first started my studies, I started nutrition and and or well-being. And if there was one thing everybody will tell you is you need to exercise. But then, you know, every 10 years they change. Eggs are good, eggs are bad. They change their minds. In positive psychology, I think there's also different trains and things that we are taught. But if there is one constant throughout every single research is that connection is part of what we need to make feel fulfilled. And when we say we can't do that alone, doesn't mean you need to have 100 friends. It can be one, it can be two, it can be five, it can be family, it can be friends, it can be whatever you want to call them. But we all need a clan of people around us that support us, that are there for us when we need it. And you can decide what that looks like, what you need from it. But we need somebody else to be with, to have happy moments with, and to have difficult moments with. We really can do life alone. And I really believe that it's in our control to create and initiate those connections. 
Oh, that's so beautiful. And, you know, when a lot of people that are going through struggle and, you know, on the one podcast that's saving you is killing me, loving someone with an addiction, when you love someone with an addiction, oftentimes you really do feel quite alone and alone in the struggle. And um, yes, in the positive psychology world, it's all about other people matter. And uh, when it all comes down to it, if you could summarize positive psychology, it's about that human connection. We're meant to be connected. Can you tell us a little bit about why that is? is why it is that we need to feel connection with other people, why we need to be a part of a tribe and why we need to surround ourselves with support and, and people. I, I just think that's the way we're wired. By definition, no, you know, we started joking, we're imperfect human beings, but we're social animals. We were never meant to do life alone. I think that the new way in which we live has made it even more difficult. But if you go back to our history, we used to live in tribes. We used to live with large families. You would move into your large family and you'd be three and four generations under the same roof. We're not supposed to do that alone. We get caught up in our own negative thinking. We're too much with ourselves. And we start forgetting what to pay attention to. You know, there's something about the touch and the hug that we're not having lately. But that connection with somebody else that can really see you. I've come to believe that human beings need to be seen and acknowledged almost as much as water and air. And you can't get that except from somebody else. Oh, that's so beautiful. Yes, just as much as water and air, it's a definite need. And we are wired, our brains are definitely wired to be social creatures, right? Like if you think back to, you know, our reptilian brain and where we were in the past, like hunting and gathering, it's like if you got ostracized from the group, it's like, you know what, you you run the risk of, you know, dying and you run the risk so that that piece is really wired in us for evolution. Um, but and let me add something else. I think, you know, we talk about character strengths and the strengths that we have. We have different strengths and you need somebody else that may have different strengths than you do. So that when you're not so good at something else, somebody else can jump in and help you. That when you're caught up in a different, you know, in a negative cycle, somebody can caught up in it and be with you. Even if you're having the moment of your life, it's never the same as if you could share with you with somebody else that is important to you. Oh, so true. So I'm really curious, how, how do we, you know, sometimes we think that we should be strong and tough and like, you know, fend for ourselves and, you know, do, do life alone, as you say it. Um, but how do we start building these connections? How do we, is it just the idea of like recognizing that, you know, sometimes we do need to reach out or recognizing that, you know, connection is important. So how can we, you know, start building these connections? Like, where do we get started with that? So let me first start by saying, you know, that there are some relationships that what we're going to be talking about is irrelevant. There are some relationships that what you need to do and is just leave that relationship, either workplace or personal. There's some relationships that are just toxic and abusive, and there's nothing you can do to change it, but to leave it. And so I, I don't want people to think that I'm going to start saying now you can change everybody because that's not true. There's some relationships that are just not meant and it's important that you know they're not meant to it and just leave. But in other, vast majority of relationships, it starts by a few things. And I really believe there's a lot of things in our control that if we change, we change the cycle of the relationship. So the first one is we need to ask for what we need. We need to just go straight ahead and just ask, I need this from you. You know, I remember in the middle of a pandemic, I have a good friend and I was having a really hard time and I, we went for a walk and I said, I need to complain. Is it okay if we take this half an hour? Don't need you to fix anything. I, 
I just really need to complain and then I'll go back to my positive self. She laughed and I had such a good time complaining and then I was able to regain my strength. <laughs> but I needed to clear to just ask, you know what? I need somebody to complain. Is that okay if it's you this time? And of course she said, yes. We need to, so the first thing is you need to know what you need in order to be able to ask for it. Mm-hmm. So it starts by getting to know yourself. You know, I gave you an example of a client that says, I, I want to feel acknowledged by my husband. And I asked her, so what do you, so what is he supposed to do? And he said, oh, I don't know. That's his problem. Well, no, if the feeling that you want to have is to feel acknowledged, that's great. But you need to know what makes you feel that way so that you can go to the other person and say, hey, I would really love it if, you know, in the morning you give me a kiss. That would make me feel like you really see me. Or I would really love it if when we're having a conversation, you put your phone down. Whatever it is that you decide makes you feel acknowledged, because, hey, the other person's different. They don't know what we need. Yeah. For it. You are allowed to ask for support. You are allowed to ask for help. And if I can give you the last one, it has to be very clear and specific. It's not enough to say, you know, this needs to be done. My husband laughs. I always used to say, this needs to be done in the house. And he would look at me and say, needs to be done? Oh, hey, you, can you please go and do it now? And the answer is now, yes, <laughs> please go and do it now. Very different result in relationship. Oh, that's so beautiful. So I love that the process that you're talking about here is, first of all, self-awareness, like building up that self-awareness of what is it that you're needing. And I always say um, to my clients, it's like, start your day with checking in, like, what are you needing? What are you feeling? What are you wanting? And just that self-awareness allows you to then take that to the world and make your requests or influence your world in a way, right? So what are you needing? Um, and, And getting clear on that. Sometimes we don't even know what we're needing. So just getting quiet and having that time just with yourself and, and in a place where you can check in, what is it that I'm needing? What is it I'm wanting? What is it I'm feeling? Um, And then asking for what it is, right? Like with your friend, I love that you just made the request. You know what? I need to vent right now. I'm not going to be the positive person that I normally am because I'm having all these kinds of emotions that, by the way, are human. And so just sharing that with um, someone else and sharing that with someone who can offer compassion when you're struggling and, and offer support and empathy throughout that process is just beautiful. And then also just allowing yourself to ask and giving yourself permission to ask. I love the way you put that, Claudia, is just giving them, you're allowed to ask. You're allowed to get your needs met. You're allowed to. And and I really like that permission piece. It it really is. You are allowed to, to ask, but then it takes us to the second place. When we ask, it doesn't mean we're absolutely going to get it. Mm. We can ask for it, but at the same time, they may not give it to us. It may be a no. And then we need to decide what we do with that. But the first step is, yes, you're allowed to ask. But the second one is you don't control the reaction of the other person. So you might not get it exactly. So you can correct the person, ask them differently, decide that that need is not going to be met with that person. It might be met with somebody else because that person can give you what you want. You know, I remember one of the learnings I had when I was sick is I learned that I had some friends for everything and not all my friends could give me what I needed when I was really down. Some would just be friends to have fun and a good time because they weren't able to give me what I needed. So I had to change my expectations. So one is asking for what we need and knowing what we need. But the second one is understanding that what do we do with what we receive? Is that a choice again? So should I ask again? Do I understand that person can give me that? And that's also part of 
what is in my control to create those relationships. Oh, I love it. There's so many nuggets of goodness there. I love that you brought that piece in about control. We we can get aware, we can, you know, get more aware of what it is that we're needing. We can make requests, but we can't control other people. And I know in the world of addiction, uh, we we didn't cause it, we can't control it, we can't cure it. Um, and so the idea is, is that we can make those requests, but um, getting getting more aware of how we could possibly get our needs met in other ways. Um, and, and to, we have influence on other pieces of our, our lives. And I love this too, because we can reach out to other people if we need some love and some support, you know, and we're not receiving it from, you know, a spouse or something like that. We can, there's, you know, the more connections that we have, the more opportunities we have to reach out to other people potentially and, and get our needs met there. Absolutely. And because somebody can't give you something, doesn't mean they can't give you something else. But it's still being honest with yourself and saying, okay, so should I ask somebody else? Is this a need that I can give myself? And what could I do with the present situation that I'm in? Which takes me to one more thing, which is sometimes we can give the present of hearing and acknowledging others, just be, and it doesn't cost us anything either. So it's not only asking for what we need, but it's giving because we can give. You know, I have people that come and ask me, so, you know, I have a friend that's sick and what do I do now? I keep on calling her and she doesn't answer back. So probably she doesn't want to be my friend. And my answer is probably she just doesn't have the energy to acknowledge you and say thank you. But if you feel like giving, knock on the door and give whatever you want to give without expecting the thank you. We're giving because we want to give to that relationship, to that connection, without expecting whatever's needed. In, in that expectation. And I think it's an important learning. So important. And I love the piece about the relationship, you know, goes both ways. And I always say to my children, like, in order to have friends, you need to be a friend. But and as we know, in positive psychology, there's that whole paradox of kindness, actually, when you're doing when you're being kind, and you're giving and you're even giving of your, you know, listening and giving of your time, it actually ends up increasing our endorphins and our oxytocin and our happiness hormones that, you know, make us feel better. And, and I always believe in being, you know, acts of service is so fantastic. So it's showing up also for other people and community and connecting with others in a way that's of service too. Yeah. And, you know, some people come up to me and say, well, but why should I be the one that initiates? And I go, well, are you the one that's needing the connection? Is this a new relationship that is important to you? So do what is in your control. And if that means being the one that calls, do whatever feels right for the relationship without thinking that you have no control on what you can do for it and on what you, how you can feel. Amazing. Okay, so I know a lot of our listeners are in tough relationships because they love someone with an, uh, an addiction. Um, so I'm just curious, um, what advice would you give someone who is in a very mucky, tough situation? Um, and the, you know, what advice would you give them? So I'm not an expert on, in the area, but I am a trained mediator and I deal a lot with uh, difficult relationships. One is don't forget to see the positive in the relationship. If you're still there, that means that there must be something positive that you can see. And sometimes the way we see, you know, you know, the positivity ratio from Barbara Fredrickson, I apply it also to relationship, which means if sometimes we can pay more attention to the positive interactions, the negative fields that I can handle them more at ease. So, you know, whenever we can, we appreciate some 
appreciate somebody else. Whenever we can, we bring humor into the relationship. We create a moment of something that we can enjoy together so that when the hard moments come, there can be a balance between the positive moments and the negative ones, because that's really how we feel in the relationship. Mm. So one part is focusing on what do I do when it's really bad? And we can take it there if that's what you want. Also, there's things we can do there. But another one that we forget a lot is don't forget that you can also maybe bring positive moments, positive interactions, and they can be small, you know, a smile in the morning, doing one activity that we do like together. Somebody think that will help us to then have the difficult moments together. Mm. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, I, I, I've been in the muck of it and I know that sometimes like that is just so challenging and that it, um, so I always believe in actually being in control of your own, being an advocate for yourself and your own positive emotions. So what I would do is actually remove myself from the relationship and, and delve into other relationships and connections and people and support groups and, you know, things that actually did help me increase my positive to negative ratio of emotion, like of, uh, of emotions. And I would go into nature, I would go for hikes and walks and things like that. So I love that you brought up that idea of the ratio, but almost taking back ownership ownership of it because you don't have control over uh, the addicted loved one in your life. But I do like the piece too about your the idea of like what keeps you there. And usually what keeps someone in a relationship with um, that when they love someone with an addiction is either their family or um, the fact that they they are hopeful that the person that they used to be will come back or they're hopeful that, you know, that, you know, and so it's, it's, it's sticky and tough. And I know I hate to throw it at you um, in terms of a relationship. So I really would love to kind of pivot and talk about that importance of reaching out and connecting with, you know, family, friends, support groups, and, and the power of human connections to help people who do love someone with an addiction, take back their power. So we can certainly go there. And the other one we know, as I heard you talk, is I think it's also the idea that when we are in in a very difficult situation, sometimes just the screaming matches or yelling at each other, we're using a part of our brain where we can't listen. Um, So it's a waste of time. And if you find yourself that you're in that screaming match, the other person can't listen to you. And we can't listen. You know, we're in a amygdala hijack. We're not capable of listening to the person in front of us. So that's the time that to protect ourselves, we just need to remove ourselves and say, I'm not continuing this fight or this conversation. And I'm going to go for that nature walk. I'm going to remove myself because there's, there's no use in those type of arguments. And not to mention the person that you're dealing with is also they're 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 not logically thinking either. So it's it's a wasted time. And I used to say I would just gray stone. I would go, okay, mm-hmm, yep, all right, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and move yourself because it's totally a waste of time. There's nothing you can say to convince the other person, and it escalates so fast. It's like in 30 seconds, it just went from a conversation to a whoa full of emotions and screaming match. Just calm yourself down and remove yourself. That would be the, the first one. And mm-hmm. the other is cultivate your relationship with yourself and cultivate your relationship with others. Mm-hmm. I like to say that we can become our own best friend. And I started by saying we're social animals and we need others, but we also need to be our own best friend. And you deserve to do things that make you feel good, not only to give to others, but go for that nature walk or do whatever you need in order to feel good with yourself because you deserve that. And then is go and ask for help, for support, for friendship, 
there's many different levels of circles of people that you can go for help, you know, family, friends, support groups, professionals, even just meetups to do activities that you want. Any place where you can find your voice and the, the ownership of who you are again. Oh, that's so beautiful. Oh my gosh, you hit so many amazing little nuggets there. Like, you know, reaching out, um, you deserve this, you deserve, you know, connection, human connection and support. And whether that be in the form of a coach, a therapist, a friend, a family member, um, even, you know, even sometimes I'd love to get out and have a great conversation that was light and fun at Starbucks. You know what I mean? Like, so sometimes even that can help you feel that, that social connection as well. And just, you know, and um, you said something else. I'm try oh find your voice I can we talk a little bit about that like and and I love that the idea of turning inward and that's in my book as well as all about tapping back into being your own best friend self-love offering yourself compassion and kindness through a challenging mucky situation um, and recognizing your common humanity in that right and um, and then just practicing being mindful of your awareness and you know what you're thinking what you're needing what you're wanting so and then also reaching out, reaching out and that you're, you deserve to be supported. You deserve to be supported and, you know, takes us to two concepts that I come up with. One is probably one you talked a lot about, which is, you know, we are imperfect human beings. I used to laugh with my daughter that I'm perfect at being imperfect. Yes. And I think it's important to accept that as human beings, we are going to be imperfect. There are things we do really well and there are things we wish we could do differently things we like about ourselves and things we dislike about ourselves. Even today, you know, it just is as human beings, it's okay to be imperfect. And from there, you can take it to another place. And I like to say, there's one thing nobody can take away from us and it's in our control is to choose who we want to be in whatever situation. That's why I say, find our voice. You know, I have a very good friend that after many years finally decided to get divorced from a husband that for many years, wouldn't go find a job. And he says, I love him. He's a great guy, but I stopped liking and loving who I was with him. And it was time to love myself back. And he came from a place of not saying you're guilty, but a place from saying, I need to reclaim who I want to be because that is something I don't want to give to anybody else. That's my choice. And I get to choose how I walk in a room and who I want to be. And nobody should take that away from me. And nobody can. That is so beautiful. I love that you brought that because again, that's that self-advocacy piece, being who you want to be and um, finding that voice. And then um, just loving yourself back. That is also so beautiful. And part of loving yourself is reaching out to humanity. It is connecting with people that will support you and that you can support. And that that part of loving yourself is, you know, connecting and, and recognizing common humanity. So that is beautiful. Thank you, Claudia. Now, if there's one last thing um, that you would like to share um, with the listeners, what would that be? I would say to pay attention to all your, the relationships around you. It's not only with the person that has addiction or the person you're having problems with or the person you're in conflict. Who else is important that you create those connections with? Who else needs to become part of that clan of you around you? And pay attention and give time and effort to those relationships because any relationship that will be there for us is one that we put time and effort and work on it. I don't believe there's ever relationships of happily ever after, in, not just in partners, ever. Relationships change, we change, and we need to constantly be working at them. So those that are important to you, 
go, be there, give, ask, be an active participant in the relationships that are important to you. That's so beautiful. So yeah, and pay attention to the relationships. I really do value that because, you know, um, being honest with yourself too about the relationships that you're in and that are around you is really important as well. And just paying attention, not just, you know, to the one that's giving you trouble, but to all relationships and reaching out to those ones that you want to maybe foster and grow and and, um, cultivate a little bit further. Uh, and the last thing is, if um, I'm happy to offer, there's a free resource I can offer on how you can communicate and what's important. There are ways where you can ask for your needs in a better way that you can communicate it more specifically. Maybe we can talk about it in another time. But there are ways of saying things to help the other side hear what you're wanting to say that can really also help in connection with others. Oh, that's so wonderful. And so people are definitely going to want to get a hold of you, Claudia. So where, what are you up to these days and where can they find you? So um, you can find me on my website and I'm sure you've put it there. Um, And please connect with me. I'm not an expert in abusive relationships. I'm not a therapist. I am a coach, but my expertise is helping you find your voice, helping you find what you need, and then learning to connect with others, learning how to give to others, but also give to yourself to really create those relationships that are imperfect, but that are really fulfilling. Ah, that's wonderful. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for your time and all your knowledge and wisdom that you shared with us today. And um, I'm so grateful for you being on the show and sharing your support. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you want additional support, you can head on over to my website at andreasidel.com, where we have a wonderful, supportive, compassionate community. We also have a private Facebook group and Instagram feed called Saving You Is Killing Me, Loving Someone With An Addiction. Be sure to subscribe here so you get the latest episodes. And of course, share this with your community and your support groups or anyone going through this struggle so that we can all work together to take back our lives and restore joy. Thank you so much for joining me, not only today, but also week after week. I'm so grateful that I get to show up for you and share these episodes every single week so that we can go on this journey together. Until next week, sending hugs.